You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, welcome back, everybody. Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Cazo. We are live from the parish of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. We are blessed to have you with us this morning, listening all over our radio network in the upper Midwest of North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Minnesota, and up in Duluth Superior. If you're listening this morning, we hope you're having a great day. If you're not having a great day, we hope that you stop and take a pr- time to pray and uh, maybe have put a smile on your face. If that's uh, if we're able to help you do that, then uh, we're we're blessed in that manner too. So we are just. Great to be here with you, Father. It is. It's great. And that's good. good thought, Michael, that, you know what, there's at any time is a good time to have the day go better. It is. Because we say, you know, <laughs> this isn't going right. And how many times that happens? You know, last week there was, my garage door wasn't working and all of a sudden my cell phone was acting up and all on the same day, the Lord, what's going on here, Lord? So mm-hmm. right away I said, you know, this day's got to go better here that's somehow. Right. I need so. to take some time <laughs> in prayer, right? The Lord, right. Lord pointing us to say, hey, let's yeah. take a moment. Calm, it, calm ourselves. Yeah, you know what? You know what came to my mind is like you know. There's so many. This is going through this process in my mind. We have so many conveniences, mm-hmm. and I even thinking of the, the the man came to fix my garage door yesterday, and he, he was talking about how oh my he himself his wife was opening and closing their garage door manually mm. some years ago until finally then he was getting into having garage door installation and then they put one in and what a difference that convenience makes. Oh yeah, you know, for that, sure. And so we, we live in a time of great convenience and the more convenient things become, uh, we can, when those conveniences all of a sudden fail or taken away somehow or another, uh, how we have a, a tendency then to be proven in virtue. Exactly. Patience. Patience. patience is I preached, one of the on, yeah, I preached ones, on that right? this last weekend. Yeah, patience. And how we can find find that. In, 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 well, this in this time of, of Advent, that we should be finding joy. Joy in, a, in the awaiting of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, just, you know, uh, joy in others. Others maybe helping others in this time of the season. I mean, there's just a great many virtues yeah. that we could take and, and step back and say, hey, you know, this is what I need to do more so than than complaining or, or getting caught up in those kinds of things, you know, because they're very easy to do, are they not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our reactions can, uh, when faced with weaknesses that we see around us or difficulties, you know, whatever it might be, our, our virtuous response toward God can make the ripple effect around the world. That can right. be a great blessing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, there is our signal. We are waiting for you, and only you, to call us at 877-795-0122. The, the power of radio, I'm talking specific to, specifically to you right now. You know who you are, and that we want you to call in with your question for Father Randall Kazel here at the parish of St. Michael in Pine Island. Father, with his great knowledge uh, and uh, knowledge of the faith and, and his great uh, personality and and all that he is is ready and waiting for you to 
give him a question that he can help you out with. And that number again is 877-795-0122. You can also uh, type that in on Facebook and shout us out uh, over the social media network and we can get that question to Father if you're not able to give us a call in. You can certainly be on the phone. You can uh, ask Father your question directly or you can just give the question and we can relay it to Father. So either way that you want to do it, uh, I know some people don't like to to be on the radio. So 877-795-0122. I know everybody's listening out there and I know there's people that have questions. So you want to be the first one. Give us a call in there again. 877-795-0122. So Father, how you been? I've been doing great. <laughs> nice open-ended question there, Michael. Yes. <laughs> well, I've been doing good. My life's pretty full. As you know, I'm, I'm here at St. Michael Pine Island, yep. but I also have uh, Good Faithful, St. Paul and Zambrota, mm-hmm. Holy Trinity in Goodhue, St. Mary in Belchester, Holy, and St. Columkill in Bell Creek. Uh, a few miles, we, myself and my assistant, Father McKay, we put on uh, serving our, yep. our uh, Catholics in southern Goodhue County. Yes. We're near uh, Rochester, Minnesota, where Pine Island is just north of Rochester, about a 15 to 20 minute drive, depending on where you're going in Rochester. Right. Uh, but it's a beautiful area here. You know, it's an agricultural area. Um, we have a lot of farmers uh, around in the area, um, but also a lot of uh, um, workers that, who are nurses or doctors at the Mayo Clinic and mm-hmm. workers at IBM. Extension of the yeah. Rochester area. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So, Father, when you know, you talk about, I know there's other people that have the cluster parishes, you know, when you have, and you get busier during this time of the year because you got more sacrament kind of things to, to, to kind of go with. And, you know, how do you, how do you find that, uh, you know, time for yourself to pray alone, letting every you know, building up other people to, you know. Well, that's a great question, Michael. But, you know, the prayer has to be uh, an unconditional commitment because we, prayer is like if we're, we're going to eat food. Our bodies need food mm-hmm. and good nourishment. We, we want to nurture the body, and we know we need food. Uh, prayer is like that for the soul. We have to make time and the choice to feed the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's even what I would call a rudimentary reasoning. But really, the question is, is to engage in friendship with our Lord, uh, that our Lord Jesus is our best friend. Mm-hmm. And the more we talk to him and listen to him and want to have him to be uh, not only our best friend, but also our Savior, mm-hmm. uh, the one who governs and guides, who sees the future that we cannot see, and that helps to mitigate or even potentially remove the fears of the future that some tempt to tempt to our minds to be thinking about what we don't know when really God knows, right. and when we walk with faith into the future in union with him, we are assured then that the one who can do all that is good for us knows the future and we can trust. Yeah. And that, that becomes the bridge, uh, the bridge for our hearts and minds to say, you know, the future does not terrify oneself. Yeah. Actually, it's the, it's the great adventure and the opportunity with Jesus. Uh, so uh, that's a lot of times my prayer is, Lord, you know the future I don't. Uh, just let me know what I need to know. There you go. <laughs> I, and I like about like this with Advent and with Lent, that there's com- the communal services. You know, we have some other things that go on beyond beyond these special seasons. But, yeah, that's you know, right. I really like the communal prayer and, and moving into that. Not that we don't, we need inter- interior prayer too, but I think it's just great how we come together as a, com- a community. Absolutely. This is a big time for the sacrament 
for repentance. So mm-hmm. I can put the plug in, make a good confession. <laughs> Our faithful out there. And you know what? If you're going to go make a good confession, uh, bring your whole family. Yes. It's this beautiful thing to see moms and dads bringing their children and making those lines nice and long. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we we exist. The priests and the pastors are assigned to the parish for that reason to to offer the forgiveness of sins and to offer the holy sacrifice of the mass and to uh, share the grace of Jesus Christ. So it it is uh, the great blessing that we have to exercise that grace yeah. to be worked in that sense. It's a blessing I yeah. see. And we have a question came in. You're showing me here, Michael. Uh, Mary from Sabika, uh, can you explain what the oh, three... She's on the phone. Oh, Sorry, Mary, yep. you're on the phone. Yep. Are you there? Hi, yes, I am, Father. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. What's your question, Mary? Um, a group of, of parishioners from our church are involved in an adult Bible study. And we were looking at the book of Revelation. Yes. And the question came up that there, at some point, will be three days of darkness. Okay. And I guess that is something, as a cradle Catholic, I had never heard before. And mm-hmm. I just would like your an explanation on that. Oh, sure. That's a great question. Uh, it is also... Uh, in some ways, it's timely because I'm aware of there's various persons or sources uh, um, explaining or, or trying to give some thought that this may happen. And um, so, first of all, the three days of darkness as a, an idea for someone proposed ideas is that the idea involves a sort of change in the world uh, that the world will be allowed to experience uh, physically what is going on spiritually. So, well, spiritual darkness means that people do not know God or are not believing in God, and if people do not know or believe in God, uh, the darkness then is is um, behaviors and life is lived without God. That's that's spiritual darkness, and that our Lord would permit then an experience uh, whereby one would physically uh, experience what is going on spiritually, so as to help people to know you know, God is God. God is in charge. The demons are not gods. Uh, so it is a, uh, a understood as a kind of way God may do to turn people back toward him. Now, first thing, uh, this is what we call speculation. It comes, the idea comes from um, uh, private revelation. So there's no official teaching on the three days of darkness from the Catholic Church. It's, you can, you're free to listen to this and, you know, providing you don't get into fear about this. Uh, un, uh, unhealthy fear is not what our Lord wants regarding these ideas. Uh, but you, you certainly can look at it, choose to have some kind of adherence, but it doesn't change the duty of every Catholic. Catholic. If anything, uh, if, if, it, if the response is, I'm going to be going to confession, I'm going to be going to Mass, I'm going to be praying every day, be devoted to the Blessed Mother, those are all the things a Catholic should do. And then whether there's three days of darkness or not, well, one is ready. One is ready uh, at the moment when our Lord will call them from this life. Uh, one is ready to meet our Lord. Uh, whether there's three days of darkness or not, it, it, will, it won't matter quite so much. Um, but, the, but the idea of the three days of darkness, has it happened before in the world? Well, actually it has. There's in Scripture, there's a described in Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 to 23, um, and it's uh, regarding one of the plagues 
that of Egypt when Moses was going to the Pharaoh was so there was a terrible darkness that afflicted the land of Egypt for three days. So mm-hmm. there is that has happened in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, there's also an occasion of it being mentioned in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 13, verses 9 through 11, uh, where there is a kind of prophecy there. For the stars of heaven, their brightness shall not display their light. The sun shall be darkened in its rising. The moon shall not shine with her light. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, we know that when our Lord was on the cross and when he died, Matthew Chapter 27, verse 45, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the entire earth until the ninth hour. And that very same idea of occurrence, of physical occurrence of darkness is found in Mark 15, 33 and Luke 23, 44. So there are some examples in scripture. Uh, more recently, there are some uh, blessed, like Blessed Anna Marie Taigi, who lived in the 19th century in Italy. Uh, she had private revelation. Again, you can take or leave private revelation. It's not the three days of darkness, not an official teaching, uh, but she uh, had revelations of how God will want to bring people, in a sense, back to their senses regarding faith um, and that God will give some consequences and uh, among them a time of darkness. Uh, but she, again, this is private revelation. This is not found in our catechism. Uh, so, And then another one, Venerable Elizabeth Canori Mora, uh, who was um, beatified in 1994 by John Paul II, talked about a kind of three days of darkness. Uh, so um, so these are the currently what is being discussed basically in these ideas about how people are meant to love Jesus and meant to turn to him. Uh, but the main heart of anything regarding ideas of three days of darkness, it, we should not be uh, bound in fear. Uh, we not we need to not let ourselves be caught in uh, what if this happens? Oh, what am I going to do? No, uh, our friendship with Jesus sets us free, and it draws us to live in relationship with Him, so that He, being the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, is the authority and power. He will take care of us. His providential care, no matter what we face in the future, <clears throat> whether we see the end of the world, or whether we see some big change in the world. <laughs> or whether we go on and we continue to work as we are, uh, our Lord's in charge. And we keep that firmly in mind. And it's really the challenge of trust in the love of Jesus. And that's where we need to be about these ideas. So don't let any ideas regarding three days of darkness lead you into uh, an unhealthy fear. But yeah. if it can, if the ideas may spur to say, I want to deepen my love for our Lord because he is going to save me, uh, then, you know, follow that. Yeah. Confession the rosary, the Eucharist, all of the things that we should are the, be doing anyways. Yeah, right? All the normal things <laughs> that, that Catholics do, they provide us with our consolation. Right. And, and those are already teachings of yeah, the church, right? Yeah, so, what are, I mean, what are, pointing what are, us towards Christ. Anything our Lord leads us to face in the future, then he's He's going to be there. He's yeah. there already. And we, we need not be afraid. So how is that, Mary? Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. And mm-hmm. um, it, it reassures me that that, you know, the, the homilies and such that we hear at Mass are the positive, that, the, that God is love. And, yeah. and that's what I've always gotten out of attending Mass. And, and I just was kind of set back by that fear factor. So, yes, yes you have cleared yes. that up very much. Yes, yeah, and it, it definitely is the heart of the truth of our faith. God is love. And the, the, the second step, the second phrase then, his love wants a response. Right. So the question comes back, then how do I love you, Lord? Mm. I know you love me. Okay. I believe in your love. How do you want me to love you back? And then we get in our call of acting in faith and in love and doing what's virtuous, spreading our faith, practicing our faith, and so mm. on. So then it becomes loving him back as right. much as we can. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks, thanks so much, Mary. Thanks, God bless you, Mary. you. You have a great day. Yes. Thank you both very much. Yep. You're welcome. That's just a beautiful way of explaining that, Father. That you know, when we hear about the Spirit, or you know, the gifts of the Spirit, fear of the Lord is one of those. But that's not, you know, we're not talking about fear in that general sense, right? I mean, yeah, we're, we're we're not talking about a paralyzing fear. Right. We're talking about a, a a fear that knows knows one is loved. And does not want to jeopardize that love, right? And it's like it's like you 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 have the meaning of life, and you don't want to jeopardize the loss of that out of love, right? So then you're willing to sacrifice or even suffer to maintain uh, what what one has in the yeah. gift of being loved by God, and and give yourself back to the love of Him. Yep. Well, we have a question from Cliff. Uh, do you want to read it, Father? Sure. We had a prayer retreat with the handmaids of the Lord at St. Martin's Parish on Saturday. In discussion, someone asked if there's a difference between a sister and a nun. Uh, I always assumed there were the same, but others taught there was a difference. Any information we appreciated? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that's uh, I've heard I've heard of the distinctions. Uh, there's a distinction. Um, what I understand, a, a sister generally. Uh, is thought to be one is active in the world, such as perhaps teaching at a school or or a, uh, working in a hospital. Um, and a sister generally they they have a uh, a convent they go to, they pray together mm-hmm. and have shared life together. And the, but then there there's some ministry in life active in the church. And a nun, um, one might be considered a cloistered, cloistered. yeah, one who, who's not active in the world. Uh, however, I would say commonly in the life of the church, these two terms are are interchanged. Yeah. Yeah, these two terms are, are generally the distinction is more blurred right now, but I think historically there was a, it was more clear, especially in common everyday life. Like I, I went to Catholic school in Adams and I was taught by religious sisters. And we right. always said sister, right. sister Marga or sister Dolores or sister Noel. And, and, uh, um, but if, you know, I go visit the monastery, the Carmelites in Lake Elmo or Denmark, Wisconsin, and I still say sister, sister right? uh, but it's the common parlance that when you think of the, the religious in those, situations, the cloisters, you think of them uh, as a nun. Now, the, it may be different in different areas or different parts of the world. So, yeah, yeah it's it's one of those where the, the distinction, in my experience anyway, it's more blurred. How so. does that, you know, pointing to that, like with monks and then there's brothers, you know, yeah. you know, there's some distinction in that, right? Yeah. Uh, you so, know, I mean, yes. I'm not saying that that's the same as, the, but I mean, there's, there's, there can be that kind of it, distinctions and yeah. things that are going on, right? Yeah, that's true. The, the monks tend to be those who have followed the classic rule, say of Saint Benedict, or uh, maybe you know, think of Carthusians. They're they're generally thought of monks in a monastery, mm-hmm. but but within the community, they can also be thought of brothers. brothers I think okay. of I know somewhere in the Franciscans, they they go by brother, brother right. Joseph or brother John Mary or so on. Uh, but they they don't really necessarily they refer to themselves rather than a monk. They refer to themselves as a friar. Friar, okay. Yeah. So, so it's, it's great to yeah. have knowledge of these terminologies, <laughs> and I can understand that it may be, it's like, oh, right. what, is, what is the absolute best? But, right. uh, you know, it's a little bit blurred at times, depending upon the function and where people are at, what they're actually doing in the service of Jesus in the church. Yep. Well, why don't you give us a call at 877-795-0122, and you can ask Father a question directly, or like the couple questions that we have right now that are on Facebook, you can certainly do those and type those in for uh father to hear and we'll get them to him go you want to read the next one father yeah we got a great question from phil on facebook uh, i've heard people who felt 
their sorrow for sin was imperfect or lacking in some way and saw the need to reconfess. And then a few questions after that. Is this over scrupulous and does this mindset deny God's mercy? Mm. Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, room, room for um, different uh, distinctions to be made and, and also to, to do one's best to think clearly because the forgiveness of sins is at the heart of our faith mm-hmm. and that one can know one's sin is forgiven is exceedingly important. So, uh, so first of all, I think we start with regarding the forgiveness of sins. It, it is God's choice to forgive. He does give certain requirements regarding what, what he wants to see. It might call them a, a baseline, a, a minimum that he wants to see. And one of them is, is um, sorrow for sin. Uh, however, God, God in his goodness is willing to accept uh, two kinds of sorrow. One is perfect sorrow or perfect contrition, which is sorrow out of love for God because one comes to a knowledge interiorly, I am sorry because I know that I offended your love. You love me and my sin uh, offended your love for me and I was unloving to you. Uh, and to have sorrow because out of love for God and out of sorrow because it offended his love um, is perfect. That is the best. Hmm. And that's what we ought to strive for as a conscious, deliberate, uh, chosen habit with God. Uh, imperfect contrition or imperfect sorrow, as we call it, is a sorrow because one comes to some knowledge, uh, look, what I did merits the punishment of hell. It merits eternal separation with God. It's like, I don't want to go to hell, therefore, I am sorry. And so the motive is to avoid the punishment rather than to amend uh, the, the love that God has. So, yeah, okay. in, and God is willing to accept that too, because it's, it's, it is reasonable uh, to have that sense of sorrow. God has deemed it in his wisdom. It is reasonable for someone to say that he or she is sorry for a sin because they don't want the punishment that is due for the sin. Mm-hmm. And so God will accept that as, as a offering and God forgives for that. Uh, either of those two sorrows two types of sorrows God chooses to accept uh, when we ask for forgiveness. Does the penance work into that? You know, when, um, you're, when, you're, when you're giving that, you know, in, or thinking in that straight well, the, the penance is a form of offering atonement for the damages due to the sin. Okay. So when we sin, there's two qualities, or when, a, when any anyone sins or when we would sin that there's the guilt that's incurred because of the sin and then there is the the damages that the sin causes damages to one's own soul one's own life damages to another or another's life perhaps and damages to god's creation in in whatever way the sin may damage so the penance is an offering, uh, an atonement for the damages that sin causes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it also can be rectifying for the soul to help it be more solidified in the good. So mm-hmm. sometimes the penances can be appropriately, the, that, that can foster or pray for the good virtue that would be fostered contrary to yeah. whatever the vice happens to be. But back to the question here, that there's a question, is this scrupulous for someone to think that there is something lacking? Um, so, of course, if someone realizes that they confessed um, uh, their sins because they didn't want the punishment, well, could there be an improvement regarding confessing because they lack of love for God? Well, perhaps it might be in a, that sense a little better, uh, but one must be careful that if one is, has sorrow and one confesses it, the sin is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if if one does not have sorrow 
then the priest cannot give absolution. If one says, you know, I did this and this and this, but I'm not sorry for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry they're stole, but you, you can't receive. Uh, and that um, can be an interior thing too, right? I mean, that you hold that. In, it, could, know, it could be. It could be kept secret. Right. Gen- yep. Generally, though, when a, when a soul wants to confess, there is implicit. There is a kind of. Gotcha. There's a kind of sorrow that's there, perfect or imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but so one one needs to take care regarding um, the reconfession of sins. It can it can lead to scrupulosity. I personally, my own opinion is, I wouldn't necessarily call that scrupulosity right away, but I would. It, it would it would tend toward fostering scrupulosity if mm-hmm. if this is a soul that is say been gone from confession for a long time and then all of a sudden is starting to come back to the habit uh, this would be a common thing that they might face did i confess my sins appropriately because they you know that one of the common things the devil's gonna go back and try to induce a, a, a continuous guilt oh right. i did this i did this and then a self-loathing and that that the strategy for that needs to be focusing on god's mercy mm-hmm. so that becomes the last point doesn't this uh deny god's mercy well that that the, the deepening of acceptance of god's mercy not only happens at the moment of forgiveness in the sacrament of confession and the the asking and the giving by God, uh, but then it's an ongoing change in mentality because there's a whole mindset that begins to change. So that's a great question. Yeah. That, great question. And there could be a lot more unpacked with that too. Oh, you, could, know, you, could, could, sure. you have a whole seminary yeah. classes on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, sorry, Father, there's another question here. I just kind of got lost on the screen. Here we go. We got uh, Adam on the phone from Sioux Falls. If you want to call, I'm just going to plug this, 877-795-0122. Give us a call in. And let's go to Adam. Adam, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Adam. What's your question for Hello? Father Kazel? Hello? Well, I heard, I think I heard the Father, the father was pastor of the St. Columkill. Is that correct? Yes, near Goodhue. Minnesota, okay. that is. <laughs> um, all right, I was just curious. I read long ago some uh, prophecy of St. Columkill, and it's related to some promise to uh, St. Patrick, and I wondered if you ever if you knew of it and if you ever preached on that or, or what you thought of that prophecy. Well, I have to admit that I, I don't know much about it, and and it's a... This is new to me. What you're asking me if I've heard of that? I, I, I probably oh. should know more. I do know a little. I do know a little bit about Saint Columkill. I means in the in the language means the Church of the Dove. It's actually the Church of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Column is uh, kill is means church, and column is the the Dove and the Holy Spirit. But I, but do you want to share anything more? Yeah. Well. I, well, Saint Patrick. I believe I've read story. He is. He was promised by the Lord that Ireland would never see. Uh, the end day, the final day, and the prophecy mm-hmm. of Saint Columkill that it would be submerged by water seven seven mm-hmm. years prior to the the final judgment day. So, okay, I just wondered if you followed it or. That's no, I, I have to admit that's 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 new to me, and and uh, and again the one thing about prophecies that we, we only know when they happen if if they're real <laughs> on some occasions. You know, sometimes we realize it, but they they're they're fulfilled by having it actually happen and then being able to interpret it. Um, so, but the but they can at times they can be beneficial, but other times I I'm not sure what to think of that one. But I'll look into that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> One of your parents. Go ahead. Hello. I say one thing Go ahead, I Adam. find encouraging about it is uh, it, it's a prophecy that says seven years prior to the final day. So if you hear other prophecies where the end is here or the end is near, well, 
if you follow this yeah. prophecy yeah. and have faith right. in the promise to, to, to St. Patrick, um, then you'll you'll have a you'll have a seven year pre warning. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess so. That's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, and it's and uh, with. With a lot of these things, it, it, our focus continually needs to be upon Jesus and say, "Lord, Your will be done. May Your reign happen." And so we're we're not we're not necessarily afraid. And, and really, for a Catholic, you know, we're, we're ready for our Lord today. Mm-hmm. We're ready for our Lord. Uh, and the you know the ultimate prophecy is our Lord has promised uh, for those who love Him that they'll be called to eternal life, and that we have our faith to guide us uh, through everything and personal friendship with Jesus and His saving power. Mm-hmm. So we we put our hope in in the the foundational ones that of which we are certain uh, based on our Lord's word. He did, our Lord did caution us to regarding prophecies because there will come people who will say this or that, and and we he he expects us to be prudent in where we place. Uh, our our fervent uh, conviction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's important. And our, that's important. And our to church, know. our church, and her teaching plays a, a key. Adam, thank you for your question. Very good, Father. You know about and and going into the fear of the you know not to be in that paralyzing fear. You know, some people get into that, and you know, then those that are not even you know within the church, you see a lot of this uh, other false falsehoods coming out you know and and we got to be careful of that that's why we have the church and that's why we have the magisterium and, and the teaching of the church to help us and guide us in those manners i mean that's that's why the catholic church is it, it really has the fullness of the faith do you do you not agree with that oh but, sure yeah. yeah and our our lord our lord desires us not to be paralyzed by fear but but if if he gives anyone any knowledge that there is going to be this consequence or this situation coming in the future that might arise for fear he he doesn't he doesn't intend or desire that it would paralyze the soul, but that it would invigorate the soul for some good work, yeah. uh, which included in, in times past that we know, uh, intensified intercession mm-hmm. before God, right. uh, being united with our Blessed Mother in her heart before the Lord, praying for the conversion of souls, the salvation as many as possible. Uh, it will lead to greater uh, desire for good works, wanting to influence souls, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to share the gospel uh, of our Lord's goodness and mercy and repentance and conversion, uh, wanting to uh, spread good works to help alleviate suffering and right. and in various ways. So uh, the the prophecies of our Lord uh, we find in Scripture and any that have been approved in the life of the Church in some way or another. Uh, need, uh, are really, the common theme is it inspires direction toward God and His goodness, uh, conversion, trust in Him, uh, and and also to want to live what I describe as living in reality. The reality is is that. We're fallen. Our human nature is mm-hmm. fallen. Uh, and the reality is, is our Lord is good and he desires to save us. Right. And we come to him to receive the grace of salvation and then live in his will. Yeah. So that's a big, uh, big, big thing. <laughs> yes, that, that's it. It's the heart of. I don't have any of, other word for it. I it's guess the it's the heart of who we're meant is. to be. Yes. The living, living the life of the church and, and in that saving grace and power of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to give us a call for 877 795 and you can ask your question to Father Randall Kazel. And if you want to type that in on Facebook, you can shout us out there, and we'll read that question and get that to Father. Uh, we still have a few minutes left. If you want to give a call in, 877-795-0122. And I am just uh, amazed at, at, at uh, all the different saints that are kind of uh, out there, I, I keep, you know, because you were pulling up some of the blesseds and talking with with that, uh, you know, what we were talking about with the three days of darkness and right. how, how many how many saints how many saints are out there 
that are in you know the the final kind of processes of becoming saints vulnerable venerable yeah, huh. and then and then uh you know blessed uh there's just a whole slew of people that we have to turn to on different things that's right yeah i don't i have no idea how many but i think there's a good number i i think of one here just nearby from blessed solanus casey i recommend people be devoted to him a mm-hmm. great grand uh, franciscan capuchin friar who's uh, at least when they uh disinterred his body mm-hmm. uh, back in i think it was 1987 or so they found to be incorrupt mm-hmm. and his tomb now is in detroit at the capuchin friary there great inspiration story he continually said let us be thankful he mm-hmm. passed away in 1957 let us thank god ahead of time and and so many others who um uh, their causes are underway they've been deemed to have heroic virtue mm-hmm. uh, and all of this this process is meant to inspire us but also to affirm that we're we're in this together right. the, the the saints and blessed who have gone before us are stand ready to help us they know what's at stake for us mm-hmm. in our time of trial or a time of decision making that remains in this world to live and practice our faith uh, the time that we have is is golden for mm-hmm. ex- uh, seeking to live our faith for Christ to, to love him and to sacrifice for him uh, one of the things that is a great blessing is when we offer our sufferings. Our sufferings are could be great blessings. One of the keys in the, actually being a Christian, being a Catholic, uh, that we come to Mass every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We participate in the unbloody offering of the same offering of Calvary. Right. And, we, and it's our Lord's passion, our Lord's suffering. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing our sufferings and our Lord makes them golden. He transforms them and provides the grace for being redemptive. So yeah. our Lord is... is uh, yep. So... Uh, quick, uh, we'll come back to that one, Father. Maybe we'll have a moment to do that. Great. Um, we want to thank all of those that have called in, and we are listen are at St. Michael's Parish here in Pine Island, Minnesota, and I am Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel, and we're going to be talking with, we're going to be talking to David Kazel, and the Lord brought him into, uh, through difficult circumstances, and we're going to be talking to him right after the break here. So stay tuned to us at Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 